It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program. With me in the KFG studios, as always, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Well, Mike, we've been anticipating a near-term pullback in the markets. It's a feature of the markets, and still, the exact timing and magnitude of it is always unknown, and it's emotionally challenging to go through. So what's causing the recent pullback when markets bottom, and what adjustments should you make to your investments, that and more, on the Wise Money Show today? That's right. We're focusing on the markets. Obviously, it's been uh, a tumultuous year thus far. And should you make changes? Should you panic? What's driving all this? Are we near the bottom? We're hitting that right now. If you have a question for the program, we'd love to hear from you. If you have needs or questions or whatever, we can serve you. Reach out. You can call or text us 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. All right. Yeah, it's been just a wild start. This is currently the second worst start to a year ever. Now, that data point was sort of alarming back in like February. Yeah. It's it's almost <laughs> June and we're talking about start to the year. No, like the, we are through this year. And uh, and, and still, it's second worst, uh, second only to, to Great Depression. Now, there was all this talk about FOMO. Uh, this is the opposite of FOMO. Okay. <laughs> so fear and, of and missing out. Yes, good. Thank and you. So, For those 40 plus, you need to know. It. I had so, to look that one up. So I don't know. Like <laughs> I don't know what the opposite of FOMO is. It might just be F, uh, and that is fear. And so what is driving the markets? Will we see bottom soon? Guys, let's get into it. I, you know, what's growing, driving the markets? I, I think, to me, we've got to go back to what was the condition in the markets before we even came into this worst start ever? And you got to look at what was the conversation we were all having with our clients back in the fall of, of last year, 2021. And it was, it was concern. It mm-hmm. was warning. Because when you looked at the stock market, it was, we, we were using the word bubble mostly because when you look at how expensive the stock market was coming out of last year, the, the most recent thing that you could compare that to was the dot-com bubble. Yep. People paying such high prices to, to own stocks that, you know, were profitable, but boy, were they that profitable? Did it make sense to be that high? And, uh, you know, we were warning folks back in the fall that, boy, for, for the stock market to come back down to a more normal or average level um, or, or the expensiveness of the stock market to cool off a little bit, Things would have to fall pretty sharply, or investments uh, that the companies themselves would have to get fabulously profitable. Yeah. And here we are, just, you know, the most recent news that we've been seeing in the market here has been oh, maybe some of these companies, retail companies in particular, maybe they're not quite as popular or as uh, profitable as we thought they would be. Well, so I'm glad that you talk about the warnings that were being shared back in the fall because as Kevin mentioned we've been anticipating this however you can't perfectly time it it's just I mean right. I, I don't know if we could I would have expected it to happen last fall which there were some jitters 
you can't perfectly time it and, and you can't perfectly know the magnitude. But yes, the forward price to earnings ratio, as Josh was talking about, prices were elevated compared to earnings. But then the other warning was, listen, earnings are record highs. Right. <laughs> like earning the profit margin has never been better. And the price compared to those profit margins was astoundingly high. Yeah. And then we were feeling and seeing inflation. And so the reality or the likelihood that those uh, those profit margins could be maintained was very unlikely. And so all of that sort of got pushed together. And yeah, be be careful. I remember telling clients based on a, a um, you know, I, I don't know, 50 years of data, five years from now, we shouldn't be too surprised if the stock market's still at the same point mm-hmm. today. And uh, and how we're going to get into hopefully the, the 10 rules for investors. And one of those is uh, markets don't correct sideways, meaning mm-hmm. when valuations get stretched, it's not like the markets just go flat and wait for the economy to catch up. No, there's an equal and opposite reaction to the downside. And and we've we've felt that. Yeah. And if you're listening right now and you're tempted to change the channel, I would say hang in there. This is a show about financial planning and a show about hope. So we're going to we're going to give you some hope. But it can feel a little bit overwhelming as you're looking at this stuff and you're like, oh, this is the second worst start to the market ever uh, in, in in the year to date category. Mm-hmm. And and this is this is where you would encourage folks, because you're right, earnings are off the charts. And what we've seen is inflation has come and eaten into those earnings. So net income now with the, with the most recent earnings cycle uh, is not off the charts. But, but here's the thing, and this is the, this is the sort of concerning thing with all of this, is usually when markets throw temper tantrums, um, the Fed comes in with a spoonful of sugar. <laughs> and, and really the opposite. It, it can happen right now. The, the Fed can't come in and do anything. In fact, they need to supply the actual medicine with no sugar. And that is creating even even more concern. Right now, year to date, now we're recording this um, on Thursday morning, airing on, on Saturday. Uh, S&P 500 is down 17%. It was down 4% on Wednesday, one of its worst, I think the worst day since the since crash in 2020. 2020 yeah. um, Small caps, Russell uh, 2000 is down 21%, NASDAQ down 27%. We have not hit that magical decline of 20% in large cap stocks, which makes it a bear market. We At a low point a couple weeks ago, we got to 19.9%. I don't know in the couple days between recording this and an airing if we'll, if we'll hit that point. Right now, there's the, the length of this correction, which is a drop of 10% or more, the length of this correction starts suggesting like we could be seeing a recession. However, if we don't see a recession... Uh, you the, mean a bear market? That, no, recession. Okay. If we don't see a recession, these types of declines tend to come back very quickly in just a couple of months. But if this drawdown of nearly, nearly 20% is connected to a recession then likely it might have some legs and could go a little bit further. But, I mean, mm-hmm. already being down nearly 20%, hopefully, you know, hopefully a lot of the pain is over. But, no, we don't know. No one knows. Yep. And the smart guys that have predicted, you know, 17 of the last three recessions <laughs> yeah, right. um, are saying, well, a recession is a certainty within six to 12 months. They, the folks that have been saying this for the past 
15 months are saying, see, I told you, I told you, I told you. Well, listen, I know. Every yeah. few years yeah. you get to have your moment in the spotlight, yeah. right? Yeah. The broken clock is right, uh, right twice a day. The other thing that is alarming to investors right now is um, every, every investor has a decision to make as to how much offense and how much defense they want to play. Um, basketball might be a great analogy, but we're going to go with hockey because that's even better. And it's playoffs. <laughs> so you've got a decision to make how many scorers you want out on the ice at the same time and how many defensive people you want on the ice. Now, traditionally, it's three offensive players, two defense, and a goalie. So you're 50-50. Half your people can score goals. The other half are designed to keep the, goal, the, the puck out of your own net. But when you need to get a goal, you'll pull that goalie and you'll put another scorer out there. You'll pull a defenseman. You'll put another scorer out there. You've got that decision. How much offense and how much defense do you want to play? Right now, your defense isn't playing defense. And that, that is challenging as investors. Your bond investments that have that have actually they're supposed to play defense. They've been playing offense for the past forty years. Right. Are now no longer playing defense. We've got the worst year in the bond market ever. Now, they started the bond market, quote unquote, back when interest rates were already high and they've been falling ever since. So mm -hmm. it's really not a fair comparison. But down ten percent is your safe, steady, predictable investments and. That is that's challenging for investors as well. So how do you how what what adjustments should you make if you should make any? What's the right perspective to have with all of this uncertainty in the markets? How do you make sure that you don't let your emotions get the best of you? We've got all that coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The market has had quite a, a rough start to the year, and, and selling has intensified recently. How do you keep your emotions calm? And what's the right, the, what's the wise thing to do with your investments? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out because a lot of other content is there as well. The markets have been moving quickly. We've had lots of content about the markets, reminders, perspective. So make sure you go to the YouTube channel, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop new content. All right, guys, let's pick it back up. Last fall, we had very high price to sales. I think the highest ever. Um, very uh, the highest market value to GDP ever, and so also signaling expensive. Uh, we've had the second highest valuations from PE so from price forward price to earnings ever. Okay, and we said, hey, there could be a storm coming. Be be careful. Now, what are those valuations saying? What's the perspective with that? Should there be panic? Should you be selling? Should you be buying? Let's lump that all together. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is, we, we look at some pretty nerdy charts on a regular basis in our office, and sometimes we make our clients look at them with us. But uh, <laughs> so one mean. Of, you're so mean. I know, man. Uh, one of the charts that we look at is a measure of how expensive the stock market is, which is this. Uh, this metric that Mike keeps referring to as a P.E. ratio or a price to earnings ratio. And uh, we said, yeah, in the fall, it was really high. Um, not at the highest level ever, but it was well above average. Well, after all of this activity in the market and everything, we're, we're getting back down to average, 25-year average. Now, the, the risk here is um, never does um, something go from being really high to just coming right back down to perfectly average and then just kind of go flat and camp out there. 
uh, averages come from being a little above uh, where it should be and maybe uh, a little below over time. You throw it all together and that's how you arrive at these averages. But we're just now kind of getting back down to what averages. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people are fearful, well, what if it goes even lower? You know, what if what if we actually get down to levels that are true bargains again? And uh, none of us want that. Mm-hmm. It's painful to go through. It's scary. In fact, I, I had somebody... I don't know if you guys experience this as financial advisors, but do people just kind of come up to you and talk to you about their investments? People that you barely know. They do, and and I always I always think I can't imagine what it'd be like to be a doctor. Exactly, because you're, you're, people are like, "Hey, can you look at this goiter on my neck?" And I'm like, uh, "I've got this rash. Can you just check this out?" Actually, come to the bathroom with me. I'll show you. <laughs> oh my! Well, so I had one of those experiences this past week, and it, it seems like if a lot of people fall into a couple camps. One is they they want to almost brag about how much money they've lost. Uh, almost comparing battle scars yeah. or something, mm. and then others who are genuinely fearful. And I, I encountered a genuinely fearful individual this past week, and um, she was saying, uh, you know, I'm down X percent, and I kind of commiserated a little bit. Yeah, a lot of people are, are feeling the ugliness of this year. She said, but my advisor told me I should be investing more. Can you believe that? Is that the craziest thing you've ever heard? And I'm like looking around like... <laughs> Well, no, it's not, actually. It's maybe one of the, the smart things you could be prepared to do. Uh, you want to buy when things are low, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, finally, you know, I was kind of trying to encourage her and uh, remind her of some of this historical perspective and everything. And she finally got down to the conclusion, maybe I just need to not be looking at my statements right now. Oh, my, yes. And it, it felt like a little bit of a win there. Especially if she has an advisor. If she has yeah. an advisor, I mean, here's here's what I believe. I believe we are all hardwired to be horrible investors. So if I'm if I know that, even as a financial planner, I am hardwired to be a horrible investor, I need to be talking to my planner, not the voices in my head, not the voices on YouTube, not all of this other chatter that is a total distraction. And I need to stay the course. Mm -hmm. And the question is, do I have a course that I can stay? Mm -hmm. So if I have a course, I need to stay the course. I think the most fearful people right now, if I, in, in, in my experience are the folks that are retired because their their feeling of hey I can't really do anything about this is is more acute than the folks that are working and might have a long you know I've got 10 years to work or 15 20 years to work I'm not really worried about it I'm just going to keep uh, investing I'm buying more yeah this is good if you're retired and we're going to tie this all to your financial plan financial decisions and investment strategy if you're retired you should have actual true defense that defense that you were mad at for the past couple of years, and that is the amount of money sitting in cash, but your advisor telling you, nope, we need a couple years in cash. We need mm-hmm. 18 months in cash just in case this gets this gets hairy. That's right. Okay, a cu- couple of things to be to, to um, point to, Josh, what you said about the, the gal saying, well, I can't believe he would tell me that I should buy. Um, back on May 6th is when CNBC aired for the first time uh, in a while, the markets in turmoil special, and <laughs> and you all know what you know the logo looks like and everything. Markets in turmoil, guys. I'm looking at a chart here from uh, Compound Investors and in, an in, in analyst. This is one of the only indicators that has a perfect track record. 
And I'm seeing this going all the way back to 2010 and each day that it's it's uh, that CNBC has run this markets in turmoil and it's a perfect track record for one year forward return being positive. And I'm not I'm looking at this chart and it's not like a little positive. It's 21 percent positive the year later, 50 wow. percent positive the year later, 39 percent positive the year later. So listen, when things are the ugliest you're going through it. Mm -hmm. You could, you're going to think through all the coulda, woulda, shouldas. Okay. Oh, I should have seen this coming. The timing, sh I should have known that this was the timing. But oftentimes, this is the worst time to overreact. Yep. So, therefore, what do you do? You stick to your tried and true long term perspective uh, of, of your investment philosophy, investment approach, okay? And you've got to make sure that that investment approach is connected with your overall financial plan. What are we talking about? Making sure that you've got a disciplined, diversified strategy, and ideally a, a, a diversified strategies. Because when markets are in crisis, all those different baskets that your eggs are in, they all kind of fall and break at mm -hmm. the same time. And so having multiple strategies can help you provide or, or can bring additional diversification because those strategies won't move in the same direction at the same time or likely they won't. And so but then you got to make sure that those strategies, that the risk that you're taking there is appropriate for your overall financial plan, that it's connected to your financial plan, because even with that saying, if you're on the verge of retirement or in, in retirement, that doesn't mean you should have all of your money in those strategies. You should have some short term that you're pulling out of so you don't need to sell something when it's down. Uh, I, I would add to that that remind yourself of your own time horizon as well. Yes. You know, that that was the word of encouragement to this individual because I knew that retirement, for example, is a long time off. And that's what she was upset about, her retirement plan at work. And um you know, if, if this is money that you're not going to be touching anytime soon, then let it remain on the roller coaster ride that traditionally has, it's always made its way higher, mm -hmm. right? And that these types of pullbacks, they have always been temporary. And that kind of historical perspective, I think, is something that we all have to remind ourselves of when we're going through these types of short-term fluctuations. And beware of the, the phrase, this time it's different, mm -hmm. because I can I can give you about six different reasons why this time it's different. And 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 those reasons and, and smart people write lots of articles about this and get lots of airtime about it. Um I I would not um subscribe to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are some reminders? What are some lessons? If this time isn't different, then what has the market taught us in the past that we should be reminded of? today. Uh, really, Kevin, perfect segue. We're going to be hitting those 10 reminders that investors need to know. That more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. With the markets being so tumultuous right now, what are they telling us? And not telling us right now, but what are the lessons that the market has taught us over decades and decades that we need to tune into right now to help guide us through this challenging time. We're going to remind you. We're going to help you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Go check it out. Just search the Wise Money Show. When you're there, rate the program. We appreciate it. Subscribe to it as well so you can 
follow every every show, every episode. Okay, so we're going through this challenging time in the market, and there's always this, um, you know, sort of takes your breath away, stops you in you, you your tracks, and and you look at that statement or that performance, or maybe you look at what the market's doing, and you say, I, I, I don't know what to do, and you're sort of frozen. And oftentimes, our emotions can get the best of us, and we say, well, I, I just, I, I just have to do something, and you take an extreme uh, make extreme measures and, and move everything into cash and, and maybe not recover or, or whatever. Um, the truth is, as Kevin said, I think right at the start of the show, this volatility in the markets, this is a feature of the markets. This isn't, while each pullback is sort of an unusual in its way, there's really, these are tried and true lessons from the market. These are, this is a feature of it. And so way back, I believe in the early, early nineties, I can't see the exact time, uh, Maryland strategist Bob Farrell published his 10 rules for investors. And it's times like these that I find it's helpful to tune into those to to, to kind of remind us that nah, it's not it's not different this time. And how should I get through this? And so let's get into these 10. And the first three I'm going to lump together because they're pretty similar. OK, the first one is that markets return to the average over time. Market returns tend to go back to the average over time. So if you have a season where the stock market has performed above average, then you should in the future expect the stock market to return below average because that's how averages work, by the way. Um, so that's the first. Second is essentially the same thing, and that is excesses lead to opposite excesses. So if you have outsized performance, uh, on the upside, you'll then likely have outsized performance on the downside that will get you back to the average and vice versa. So these times of extreme pain that we're going through right now should be followed by some excesses to the upside. And then three, excesses are never permanent. So the idea that, well, it's it's different this time and therefore, you know, PEs don't matter. Price earnings ratios don't matter. This is where we've got a new um, plateau. No, that's that's not true either. Guys, perspective on on these first three rules. Well, I I think there's been enough historical data to prove that this is true, and sometimes this I, I think we take it as fact that yeah, the markets return back to averages. Sometimes that gives us warning, and other times it should give us encouragement. Mm -hmm. You know, when when the market has had a period of time where it is just going like gangbusters and everyone's making money and uh, it's way above average. We have to remember markets return to average. They they will eventually come back down, and these good times they don't last forever. But the the opposite is true as well. When we are in some of our darkest days in the market, and things are so ugly, and you think, man, I I just can't keep on investing like this. That's often a time when things will return to average. They'll get back to. Uh, the long-term trajectory that the market has been on. And so be encouraged. It's not going to be ugly like this forever. In fact, that that also should be kind of a warning to us. Don't miss the opportunity to be gathering up cheap investments during those dips when we're below average. Yeah. So, okay, here's a data point from JP Morgan. Seven of the best 10 days in the stock market occurred within two weeks of the 10 worst days. So the best days in the stock market tend to be near the worst days in the market. And there's all sorts of studies that if you missed the best days in the market, your overall performance is 
is awful compared to the market. You, right. you can't keep up. So therefore, the fallacy that, well, I've got to avoid the pain, right, means you're going to avoid some of the very best days in the market. And and the evidence of how you'll perform if you do that is just is just awful. I remember the bottom, the 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 first positive day after the 2020 crash. Uh, it was it was skyrocket. It went straight up. And I I remember talking to you, Kevin, saying I don't think this is bottom. And it was right. You just don't know. There's no way. So yeah, and and I've seen a couple of those uh, back in 2000. Three, I believe, 2002, 2003, in March of 2009, in 2020. And I can tell you the sentiment when it, things are bouncing, and they bounce off the bottom. Yeah. Like in 2009, the market was up 20 or 30% before anyone started to believe. But even even up 20 or 30%, people are looking at saying, this is, this is not real. Um, I just listened uh, to... You know, someone saying buy, 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 or sell, 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 and he said, you know, put my money in gold or get my money in cash, and so they're convinced. I mean, this is the this is the problem. What people should be looking for right now and looking to is what what are the time tested truths? What are the what the systems and processes that allow me to accumulate wealth over time, and not say, hey. I need to figure out, is this market oversold? I listened to a guy on YouTube. He said, the market's oversold. So now I should buy the dip. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't buy the dip. Stay the course. Yes, that's exactly right. right. But staying the course may be being a steady contributor to your investments. And you will naturally catch the dips when you're doing that. Oh, yes. But a lot of people want to turn off their contributions when the market gets ugly. Resist, Resist that one, especially if you've got your present financial position house in order. Yep. Do do not try to either hit the gas or hit the brakes. Let it ride because it's statistically you'll be wrong. Yeah. I'm so glad that you pointed to your present financial position because you're turning this investment discussion into a true financial planning discussion at that point. And your present financial position is the area of your financial life where you're doing budgeting, you have the right emergency funds in place, you're doing battle with debt if you have any of that, and you're just getting yourself into a strong financial position. And that is the basis for being a great, successful investor. You don't have to get emotional because the market is is fluctuating or you're watching your investments go down because you're not dependent upon that money. You've got enough cash to be able to get you through for a year or two if you're in retirement, or you've got enough cash and a great job with a a great income to get you through even some of the shakeup in in the short term with the economy. So just speaking of excesses and things, um, you know, in equal and opposite. So 2019, 2020 and 2021, the S&P 500 was up 90% in those three years. And you might say, well, it doubled because there, it came off a low point. No, it didn't. Nope. That includes that includes the, the 2020 recession. If the stock market averages, you know, where it's going to double maybe every eight to nine years, the fact that it doubles in three means we probably will expect something on the opposite end as well. Okay, market corrections don't go sideways. I already mentioned that one. Um, so when the market finally realizes, wait a second, we got the cart ahead of the horse, it doesn't just stay still. It, it's it's going to have a rubber band kind of reaction there. But I, I need to mention this fifth one because it ties right into what you guys, we were just talking about. The public tends to buy the most stocks at or near the top. 
and the lease stocks at or near the bottom. I understand. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, that's emotion at work, right? Yeah. We do the exact opposite of what makes sense because emotion is driving us. Yes, it is. And that, that is why we're all hardwired to be yeah. horrible investors. Yeah. And, and so therefore, if you're if you're contributing to your 401k, to your Roth IRA, and you saw I, I put $1,000 in, and on my statement, I lost $2,000. That was wasted money. Those $1,000 bought shares. They mm-hmm. bought shares. Continue investing, and you're able to buy low. All right. The rest of the market rules, that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What should your perspective be as an investor in these turbulent times? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. All right. It's been just a wild start to the year. And again, we need to stop saying that it's summer by golly. Right. So but the the market, depending on when you're listening to this off 17 to 18 percent, Nasdaq down significantly worse than that. And a lot a lot of that has intensified recently. There was a little bit of a bounce leading up to April, where I think the S&P 500 had gotten back close to break even. It was only mm-hmm. down 2%. And then, <laughs> and then I'm laughing because it's laugh or cry. But April, the month of April is the most positive month in the stock market throughout history. And I think it was 11 of the previous 12 Aprils had been positive. And April 2022 <laughs> was awful. Yep. It Not was. It wasn't even close. It was terrible, and May has has been the same, unfortunately. So, so what's what do you what do you do? What what sort of resolve do you have? What adjustments do you make? And instead of looking at and by the way, if you missed it, we started with looking at you know the magnifying glass. What is happening right now? And but now you know it's hard to make decisions in the magnifying. That's that's sort of like making decisions in a vacuum. Sure. Instead, we want to pan out. And look at what's the market taught us about these sorts of times from decades, decades and decades and decades. And back in, I believe it was 1992, Bob Farrell, uh, Merrill Lynch strategist, wrote and published his 10 rules for investors. Now, in 92, he was drawing on decades of research. So baked into this is nearly 80 years, probably, of what the market has taught. And we're going through those five rules right now. So number six the market is ruled by fear and greed, and that is stronger than long-term resolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I our it, short-term emotions are stronger than our long-term perspective. Yeah, yeah, by by far, and and it's tempting to trust what I'm feeling right now. That gets us back to, and I don't want to go back too far, but I mean, the, you know, number five, the the public buys most at the top and least at the bottom, and Joshua's made the point a couple times. Hey keep investing. Well, I can't tell you how many times during turbulent markets like this, I've had clients say, hey, listen, I'd like to just kind of tap the brakes. Like, mm-hmm. let's not keep doing the, the monthly systematic investments until the market comes back around. And that 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 might feel better because there there's this, this thing in our, in our psychology that feels like, Maybe I've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So if I don't keep investing, I, I will um, make less of a mistake. 
and your your mind is is playing tricks on you. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, it's those emotions eating away at your ability to succeed long term. Your emotions will not be what drive you to succeed and achieve your goals. It is the long term resolve. It's the long term game plan. It's the rational approach that is easier to observe in in hindsight than when we're going with going through it. And that's why I think it's important. You need to invest in your long term resolve. Mm. spend money to strengthen your long-term resolve. And to me, that's that's hire someone whose job is to remind you during the emotional times of the long-term game plan and to keep you on track, to, to help counterbalance those emotions that are just normal. It doesn't make you bad for having fear at times and feeling overly exuberant at other times. The, the point, though, is that when you act on those extremes, you're going to be thrown off your game plan. And so having a, a true game plan, having a certified financial planner who keeps you on the right course, that is a worthwhile investment. That will drive your long-term success. Here's what it sounds like. I'm just playing this, this reel through my head. Here's what it sounds like. Okay, what's our strategy for investing? Yep, buy and hold, diversify, great high-quality, low-cost investments, maybe a momentum strategy, some other diversifier as well. Okay, that's the strategy. Things are getting really white hot. Well, should we increase risk? Nope, we're going to stick to that game plan. That game plan works. Okay, now things are awful. Do I make any changes? Nope, we're going to stick to that game plan. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. These emotions, you're, I mean, unless you're some stoic, and we've got a few of those in our <laughs> office, you're going to have these emotions. But reminding yourself of the game plan and sticking to that game plan when things get uh, overly emotional. So, okay, here is another warning sign, and this is point number seven or rule number seven. Josh talked about valuations were high last fall, and when we saw inflation as well and the Fed needing to do something in late, it was, yeah, watch out. One of the other things that we saw was that there wasn't great market breadth, and I can't even say that. You might not understand (laughs) it, but what it means is the seven point, markets are strongest when they're broad and they're weakest when they're narrow. And last year, all momentum strategies struggled last year because you had just a few companies that started to do really well while everything else was not doing well. And then things dropped quickly, and then they reversed course quickly, and then they dropped quickly. And But basically, the action was very narrow, was very narrow. And the index looked great, but it wasn't a broad advance. It was just a few companies within that index. We struggled with market breadth the entire year, and that's a sign going back through history of weak markets. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened in 2000 to the tech mm-hmm. bubble that's it's happened many times before. Absolutely. So I I thought this one was interesting the eighth is that bear markets have three stages and uh I will tell you that you can only identify these stages well past the mm-hmm. event, okay? Mm-hmm. The first is a a sudden drop, okay? And then there's the bear market rally or the suckers rally or whatever, which people predict, you know, 20 of the previous three of those or or whatever, and then a sustained drawdown. And typically one that ends in some capitulation that, nope, stocks will never recover from this. This is awful. Mm -hmm. That's That's the experience. Yep. You just can't know which stage you're in until well after the fact because right now we don't even know if we're in a bear market it's down 19.9 percent that was its worst at least by the time we're airing this or by the time we're recording this so just don't know any comments on on those three stages 
No, I, I think it's just more of that that emotional roller coaster ride. And um, I, again, I, I think the key is not just paying attention to how your emotions are affecting you, but but also being aware that there are millions of other investors that are also reacting emotionally, and that can swing us to some extremes. But they're temporary. Mm-hmm. That is the key. Um, re- remind yourself regularly that this is a temporary decline, and uh, this too shall pass. That's right. That's right. All right. Number nine, be mindful of experts and forecasts because they're <laughs> going to tell you, you know, buy, buy, buy or sell, sell, sell. And they're going to have their predictions, which uh, I try to bait you guys into into. <laughs> I've you know, you've noticed I've tried to bait you guys into forecasts the past few times going into a year. And I think Kevin nailed one pretty close. But I was more a. <laughs> uh, uh, because we had seen some of the warning signs, I was more in tune with what forecasters were predicting for 2022. I even did a next wise step video on this very topic where we actually looked at it. There was one of them that was actually negative or bearish. I think it was JP Morgan or, or Bank of America. I can't remember. One of them said they expected a 3% decline in uh, in 2022. What the rest of them expect? The same thing, positive 12, positive 11, up 14%, up 8%, that the market would just continue doing what it always does. Guys, if here's, here's how, here's my truth uh, serum with forecasters. Did anyone in December of 2019 predict a pandemic? No, no, no one did. Then, then how can you, how can you believe in any forecast? But, and did anyone, when the pandemic hit and everyone was going home for our, our two years to slow the spread, did <laughs> anyone predict that the the Fed was going to print such a voluminous amount of money that the the stock market was going to bounce and go up basically 100% over the next year and a half or two? Yeah, right. And, and did anyone predict that with all that cash in the economy, like 60% more money in circulation than, than has ever been uh, before, mm-hmm. that we would do another round, basically, in, in, with the ARPA Act. I would certainly not have predicted it, right? Yeah. So, so, you, so you don't know. And the thing that I wouldn't predict, which actually you, you did make a prediction earlier in the show, Mike. You said the Fed is not going to give us any sugar with our medicine here and because they can't. And I'm like, I, I don't. Know. I know. Don't be I, Yeah, I would, I would not say that they can't because a, a number of the things that they've done, you'd say, well, they can't do that. No, they can't, but they sure did. And, and and so we'll we'll look back and we might see, hey, these were some of the greatest uh, monetary financial blunders we've ever seen and and we're all going to be suffering for it. And so I'd say, well, if if a if a time of suffering is coming, make sure you're prepared. Like yeah. I don't, I don't want to um, be the one saying the sky is falling, the sky is falling, but I would be the one saying, you know, between the ant and the grasshopper be the ant. Yeah, that's good. You know, I'm remembering back to 2009 when um, and 2008 when the world felt like it was just completely falling apart. And, 
you know, we were we were reading and watching, listening to everything we could get our hands on to try to understand that there was some historic events going on and we were trying to learn about it and everything. And I remember being very intentional about trying to get both ends of a spectrum, you know, trying to listen or read regularly certain forecasters, certain people who are providing commentary and interpretation and everything on one end of the spectrum, but then get the other end of the spectrum as well and trying to read the same people on an ongoing basis. Mm. Because I think it's really important that you know and understand what the biases are of the people that are feeding you thoughts, okay? Mm. Now, you know what your biases are, your own biases are, hopefully. You probably know what your closest friends are, but do you know what those forecasters are? Do you know whether or not this person is just always negative or this person is just always positive no matter what's going on? Well, you need to, you need to understand it. But, but here's, here's a modern-day twist on that. You also need to understand what are the algorithms feeding into your news feed? What articles and what videos are being put in front of you? These computers are so stinking smart, they know what you're going to click on. And they're going to feed you the things that just strengthen your own thinking already. This, this idea of confirmation bias is real. We, we tend to try to gravitate towards the people that tell us what we want to hear. Yep. Right. The tenth rule: If you're waiting on the edge of your seat, is the worst. Um, it's l- obvious. Bull markets are more fun than bear markets. And and to me, if you cut through that, it's no. The market, it, the stock market experience contains bulls and bears, contains highs and lows. You can't avoid them. Okay. And and therefore, yeah, it's it's uh, it's challenging. Bear markets are challenging. Work with your CFP. Make sure you've got a tried and true long term investment strategy connected with your overall financial plan. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. I imagine if we're still talking about this is the second worst start to a year ever in October. <laughs> like at the rate we're going, this is going to extend well into the fall. This is the second worst start to a year. No, dude, I'm not worried about October. I'm worried Happy about Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm worried about you know Merry Christmas. This is the second worst yeah, start to the year ever. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.